Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the USF Don's Weekly Magazine podcast on the Arena Sports Net. This week, we're going to take a recap of look back of the weekend series over the over the, the Don's taking two out of three against the Pacific Tigers in West Coast Conference play. A, an important series. They lose the first game 13 to six. They are able to rebound to win nine to four Saturday, Friday night over at Klein Family Field in Stockton. Then they won the rubber match of a three-game series, winning by a score of, they end up winning, or a correction, they won 6-3 to on Friday night and 9-4 to Saturday afternoon. It was the short week because of the Easter holiday. The team was off on Sunday. Then the Dons ended up winning 19-11 in their midweek game, the game one of the back-to-back home-and-home series against the UC Davis Aggies from the Big West Conference, 19 runs in that game. The Dons exploded in that contest. They hit had seven extra hit base hits, including six doubles. And then the Dons falling four to two on Tuesday afternoon on the Hilltop. When we get back, we're gonna lead off the show with Zach Zangler. We're gonna recap that series against the Don's winning of that weekend series. We're going to preview the Don's taking on the Gonzaga Bulldogs coming up. And then later on, we'll have Shotgun Spratling from D1Baseball.com. Got a chance to have a nice conversation with him when the Don's were taking on the Pacific Tigers last Thursday night up in Stockton. I'm Brian Davis. And as you're listening to the Don's weekly magazine show on the Arena Sportsnet Bay Area at on anchor.fm slash ASN Bay Area. We'll be right back. Dodge fans, want free checking account that pays you? Provident Credit Union Super Reward Checking Account pays you over 2% interest and features no annual fees. Visit ProvidentCheckingUnion.com. That's ProvidentCheckingUnion.com for more details. Parking Fly has provided more than 50 years of convenient, hassle-free airport parking. Visit PNF.com for discounts on airport parking outside of San Francisco and Oakland Bay Area. That's PNF.com for Parking Fly. Welcome back here on the USF Don's Weekly Baseball Magazine Show. I'm Brian Professor B. Davis with my man, our USF Don's baseball resident. We call him Dr. Z, not the late Dr. Paul Zimmerman of NFL guru uh, analyst for Sports Illustrated many, many years. But it's Dr. Zach Zanger for our baseball our baseball analytics. Um, we'll recap the series of Don's uh, coming off of winning a series that they, you know, needed to win after, you know, that uh, Pacific coming off a, a high when um, their starter – the previous weekend, throwing a uh, no hitter against Santa Clara over at Shot Stadium. Yeah, um, you know it was. Uh, I think with the short week, we had a short week, and uh, going into that Pacific series, it was a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, the game that we did drop, you know, maybe Riley wasn't as sharp as he needed to be. I think we're we're looking into it right now because he's had he's had two of these starts where Pacific and SD. Um, in Kansas, no, not Kansas State, in San Diego State. Um, maybe fastball command isn't where you'd like it to be. Um, things get a little bit iffy, but, um, you know, he was able to box. Um, and even, I think one thing, Brian, I was talking to 
old director of operations, Elliot Waterman, yeah. uh, yesterday evening, and I think, you know, I think one thing that, uh, at least I can speak on my behalf, and this is just sub- subjectively speaking, I don't have any, like, numbers to prove this, but, like, we don't feel like we're out of any game this year. No, um, no. I think when you look at our offense, the way that we can score runs, we can do it any which way. And I think the club, um, and once again, this is an objective thing, but just the resiliency. I think you look at Thursday night's game, um, putting up a few runs there in the last inning, making things a little bit interesting, and then it sort of set the tone for Friday night and Saturday night. Friday night and Saturday, Saturday day, afternoon. Day, right. right. Um, Saturday was something, you know, Jonathan Allen was able to put two out. He's able to get second back on t- track. Second time this year he has had a multi-homer game, I mean, Two weeks earlier than that, he had a multi-homer game on that memorable Friday night game against the Santa Clara Broncos at Shot Stadium. Yeah, um, so hopefully he's able to get back rolling um, on the damage side of things. Um, Friday night, we, like I said, Friday night, um, we also kicked a few more balls around that we would have liked to. Um, but I think it was, it was good for the club, you know, once again led by Scotty Parker on Saturday. Um what a job that he's doing uh, to come back and play the game that we want to play and then put things away on Sunday. So, on to Gonzaga. And now, looking at Gonzaga, you look at the stack race in the West Coast Conference. Gonzaga, they're 12, it's a three-way tie for second place. Actually, it's a four-way tie, but BYU is ahead of the club by percentage points. Uh, because they got uh, one fewer losses than the three than the other three uh, teams have at this point. Right. Um, Technically, the BYUs are in, in first place by percentage points because they got one fewer loss than the other three of the top four teams right now at press time. Right. It it looks like things are a little bit bunched up right now. Um, I think one good thing about this club is. One thing we were talking about, we never feel like we're out of any games. If we play the game that we want to play, um, uh, pitching, fielding, and hitting, timely hitting, uh, making all the routine plays, and then making a few of the star stud plays, and then uh, commanding the strike zone, not giving away any free passes, and keeping the ball out of the air, we can beat uh, any team, any team on any given day. So. This this weekend will be a great challenge. We're going. This is a big road trip. I, I think any of the California teams that go up to Spokane, it's always a big trip. And especially at this point of the year, uh, it's as it's as big as it's going to get. Um, Friday night team is on ESPN. I think ESPN U to be exact. Fun. Uh, it's it's great for the program. It's great for the WCC baseball. <clears throat> Lead uh, to get some good publicity. It's going to be a great night. So I think it's just the final push here. Um, we're working hard. Us at QST, the Quantitative Studies team, we're working real hard to get things in and get whatever the coaching staff wants. It's just one day at a time. And also, some, let's still go to some individuals. Uh, what's in depth of the individuals so far? Some of the numbers are like uh, Jack Wendell. He's starting to... Yeah, Jack's, Jack's come back. He's trending back up. Um, he's coming around. You know, he got off to such that such hot, hot, hot start. I, I think it was some ridiculous batting average on balls put in play. It was like 650 or something through the first three weeks of the season. Just 
everything that he was hitting was finding uh, the outfield grass. So Jack's coming back around. Um, there's a few things with him, but uh, I think just the he's reducing the swings and the misses, and then uh, the batting average on balls put into place coming back up. Tylerville Roman has come on strong throughout the second half of the year. Talk about a guy who was injured to start the year and um, just couldn't find his rhythm, but he kept kept playing, kept working. It, it really looks like he's found his rhythm at this point. I think it was, I think it was Saturday, Friday night that he stole second base and third base, and that's that's just it's so unique. Right, right. You don't you don't see many guys in college baseball, professional baseball. Uh, that can do that anymore, and I think it, it makes him stand out. And he's able to change games on the base pass. Talking about taking extra bases on balls put into play, it's it's just as worthwhile as doing the damage with doubles and home runs if you can take those extra bags. And he's able to do that, so he's real dialed in right now. Um, Riley Helen came back off of his um, came back off of his. Came back, came out of his slow start um, to start the year. Really, uh, being the all-around hitter that he is, and um, Jonathan Allen, like we said, he's hopefully he's able to keep on with the power streak. Because if you think of run creation in the sense that it's about having table setters, guys that are going to experience high on base events like singles and walks, and then the mashers that are going to hit the doubles and the home runs. I, I think we have a good balance of the two. Um, I know that one of our lineup models says that. And it's just a matter of executing. At this point of the year, it's all about one pitch at a time. Um, if you're a defense that takes pitches off, bad things are going to happen to you. If you're a batter that might give away at bats this late of the year, that you really can't do that. you got to take it one pitch at a time because one pitch can change everything. I agree on both sides. And then, uh, how about defensively, Ricky Rada? Rada is just starting to play that hot. Everything he catches now is like it's like uh, magnetic. Yeah, he could play. He could play that position. That's for sure. Um, I think also with Ricky, I think the the luxury with him is it, it makes coaches' jobs, um, any decision makers' jobs, so much easier when you got a player like him. He's seen with third base, second base, uh, knock on wood. Um, if Jack had to come out for whatever reason, Ricky could sh- slide over to short. You give him, he gives you that defensive versatility. And then at the plate, Ricky Ricky's going to put up a competitive at bat. Uh, at one point during the year, he had the lowest strikeout rate on the club, and he had a qualified plate he's appearance He's not going to give away those cheap outs. No, no, not at all. Uh, he's going to battle. So, but back to your uh, your point on his defense, he could definitely play. He's a magician over there on the corner at times. You know what I like? Uh, he kind of reminds me, he reminds me similar like an Eric Chavez in his heyday with the A's. I mean, your typical gold glove at third base. I mean, uh, if, if we were had to hire away Ron Washington from Atlanta mm. to be here at USF, I mean... He, I mean, Arada's stats would be, I mean, his, his stock is going to go up astronomically. 
Right. <laughs> well, I don't know uh, who, uh, if, if we're going to be able I to think, pay. Hey, I, I think if I got uh, coached by Ron Washington, I think I'd still have a chance to play. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I, I mean, my, I mean, other than my used to be a catcher in high school, I could play first base, and then I could play third because I, I love the field, though. But yeah, I don't got that arm, though. But you know, you, but you got to have a good arm. And you know, the hot corner is a tough position. But it's like playing third base is like is picking them clean, scooping up ice cream. Oh yeah, it's like scooping up uh, ice cream, uh, the uh, Baskin Robbins or um, Ben and Jerry's ice cream, the one. Great place over there on uh, Hate Nashbury. <laughs> right, you know. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know if we want to be getting no free, free freebies over there because we don't want no problems by the NCAA or the people in Indianapolis getting or Miss Joe McDermott gets a phone call from Indianapolis and then we're gonna have a big problem. Or uh, don't want that. We don't want that, but it just it's just you know just kind of being more of a uh, Saturday Night Live routine, throwing some uh, funny uh, humor though, but. Yeah, um, yeah. Or for as for the Ron Washington thing, I don't know if we'd be able to have that kind of uh, resources yeah. because you know the, the the president and them or Miss Joe McDermott may have to ter- uh, our AD may have to take out a, a, a take out some loans or a, hire a Brinks armored truck to lure him out here to San Francisco to be a, a infield coach. So no knock on uh, Ryan Burke, but you know. Huh. Um. <laughs> That would be a tough find, tough get for him. I mean, you will never see a guy like Ryan Washington. If you see those videos, how he worked with... Uh, Simeon. He, well, uh, he's worked with some Oh, Sune, the, the shortstop for the Braves. I mean... Right. He, I mean, he's a, he picks him clean at shortstop. Right. I mean, he would be a good chemistry with Nico, uh, Coach G's son, Nico, who's playing the Giants uh, system now. Right. Um, I think in terms of the... You think of the, uh, I guess, great instructors that the game has. If you think of the Doug Lauda types, Matt Lyle types for hitting. You think for Charlie Lyle yeah. was a great one with for, for George Brett. He passed away in the early eighties, unfortunately. For uh, for filling, you definitely think of Ron Washington as a phenomenal instructor. As a guy, I think you should have him go to a kids camp for a week during the summertime. He'll teach you to. The art of fielding. Another, I, I mean, another good fielding coach would be Carney Lansford of the A's. I grew up watching. He was probably the most underrated third baseman. He picked some clean at the hot corner. Um, he won a batting title with the Red Sox. He came very close to winning another batting title as he uh, he got beat out by Kirby Puckett back in '89. He was always in that top five up there in the American League and batting up there with uh, Wade Boggs, who won five batting titles. In the 80s with the Red Sox, right up there with Wade Boggs and Kirby Puckett. Yeah, there's definitely many great um, players that have played that position throughout the years. Matt Williams have won gold gloves at that position. He's made some great defensive plays on that hot corner. Right. Yeah. No, but for both of those corners, I mean, first base is like, for me, easy, because all you just got to do is get, get pick, pick them clean, though. Oh, yeah, the big, big basket at first base. I mean, you just got to pick them clean, just, you know, go low and just, like, pick them clean. Scoop it up like a, like a dish of ice cream. Kind of like Jason Kresge does. Uh, Kresge reminds me of like Keith Hernandez and with the Mets back in the uh, 80s. And uh, J.T. Snow with the Giants in the when he came to the Giants in the late 90s through the early 2000s when he was winning gold gloves. Right. Kresge's Krez definitely gotten above average glove over 
first base. He's definitely a guy that we can bring in later in games, and he makes a difference. That's too bad he's a senior. I thought he was like a sophomore or a junior this year. It's too bad that he's he, he looks like he's a young. He looks like a younger guy, and I'm saying that as a compliment. Yes, I I don't feel like he's a senior. He looks like he looked like more like a sophomore. Right. I wish I I wish we had him for two more years because. I talked with his grandparents and his grandfather in the stands or to go at pregame. I told him, your grandson reminds me similar like Keith Hernandez of the Mets and JT Snow, how he can pick him clean at first base. If he was playing, if he was an everyday player, now the question is if he, if he wasn't a senior this year, he'd probably be coming back next year. Probably a good chance to be an everyday first baseman. Right. Um, but he's going to leave behind a great legacy here um, as a great teammate, the guy with the glove. And he was. He was definitely a great find for the program. Probably the best uh, non-full-time starter at that position is, uh, is John Kresge. He could just pick him clean. If you could put a blindfold under him, or in fact, if you put a blindfold under Winkler or, or on uh, Urata, they will still make that play for Kresge. <laughs> it could be. Or, or for Highland, though. could be. And then um, any other final analysis? Um, kind of like what I was talking about earlier, B, just I think at this point of the year we're just taking things one pitch at a time yep. because, I just you know, one yeah. pitch can change games. And I think for us we're just so dialed in on the game that we're playing, making sure the guys are so dialed in, making sure that we're doing all the work that we need to do, be as prepared as possible for these games because we are confident that if we play the way that we – know we can play we can beat anybody and regardless of who's doing what on which given weekend and who's playing who if we win we control our own destiny i think that sums up right there z i I hope that's the case and one one more thing uh, this is going to be our last um podcast uh, not going to be the last podcast together but we'll be in person because you're um going to be in hollister given my my living situation i'll still be working still on weekends but during the week we'll be you know we'll we'll do something over the phone we'll do something on the phone and that's fun and you know hopefully you know things work well down the road if if we come out as champions or something we'll make sure you get your share your winner get a piece of that winner share as well oh yeah i'd like that okay uh doc uh we will talk to you uh next week we'll be on the phone for the rest of the the way during the week though sounds good b all right that's dr dr zach zangler our baseball analytics and we'll be right back you listen to the don's weekly podcast on anchor.fm slash asn bay area we'll be right back arguello market home of the famous dutch crutch turkey sandwich Arguello Market's located at 782 Arguello Boulevard between Arguello and Cabrillo Streets in San Francisco. Visit their Arguello Market, proud partner of USF Dons Athletics. Hey, Don fans. Skip the hassle getting from Benedict Diamond or the Sombrato Center. Lyft is our official ride-sharing partner and has your transportation covered. Download the Lyft app and get an affordable rate ride in minutes. New users get $10 ride-off in credit with the code Go USF Dons. And don't forget, Dons fans, use the lift zones outside Benaday Diamond as drop-off and pickup zones. Use Lyft, proud partner of USF Dons. USF would like to thank the following partners for their support of Dons Athletics. Coca-Cola. 
the official soft drink, and Powerade, the official sports drink of USF Dodge Athletics. Welcome here on our this segment on the USF Dons Weekly Podcast Magazine as we're talking with my man Shotgun Spradling from D1Baseball.com as uh, as we're doing this taping, the Dons getting ready to take on the Pacific Tigers in this important West Coast Conference play. So, uh, what you so Shotgun, what brings you out here uh, tonight? Definitely want to see Riley Ornito. He's a guy I saw a couple times last year. I want to see what where he's made some improvements for the Dons and, you know, see how that splitter's working for him. Uh, I know it can be a really nasty pitch, and, you know, him being a guy that's kind of come out of nowhere to, to go from a guy that barely pitched his freshman year to, you know, now he's an ace in the WCC and a guy who's been talked about by draft guy, by scouts and stuff about the, about the draft and where he could potentially go. Well, that's a good point. I mean, which is, this game, as we're doing this team, is just underway as uh, Villaroma just popped out foul territory to the catcher, James Free, for the Tigers. And it's The game is just getting underway. So this is um, – and I think right now, Ornito could be the uh, West Coast Conference version of the uh, Cy Young Award if they ever had given out that award. Yeah, he's a guy that – I mean – Coming into the game, he's got a, an ERA below one. He's ha- holding batters to under a 200 batting average. I mean, he has been dynamic for them. He has given up some unearned run where the defense hasn't played great behind him at times. Uh, so, you know, I- I'm curious to see how he does today and, and see how the team plays behind him. The, you know, San Francisco was a team with him kind of being a catalyst last year that made it into the WCC tournament. Uh, you know, was kind of surprised some people, you know, how well they played last year. I think they won the regular season. They're on track to potentially do that again this year. You know, they, they're 10-5 and five right now. They've been playing great uh, and, and have an opportunity to make it back to the WCC tournament and maybe do some damage there to get into the NCAA tournament. As well, well last year they came in uh, tied for third and they lost out of those tiebreakers to – Loyola Marymount, who ended up uh, stealing that final spot from St. Mary's last year, and then because they got, the, they went from outside looking in the leapfrog to number three. The Dons ended up dropping the fourth because the, they lost the tiebreaker to the LMU Lions, who they were eliminated by the, the Lions. Eliminated the Dons in the elimination game, and uh, you look at that conference right now. We sit right now at the beginning, the beginning of the day. You got LMU eleven and four. BYU, USF, Gonzaga, three-way tie for um, for for second, and the Dons one week from tomorrow or from Friday as we're doing this taping, they'll be playing the Bulldogs up in Spokane. That's a big three-game series, and then um, and and right now you see Pacific. They're only uh, three games out of a, of a, a big improvement by the uh, Pacific Tigers by their second-year head coach uh, Ryan Garko played at Stanford and a former Giant. Yeah, he's definitely made improvements on Pepperdine. I mean, I think they've been heading in the right direction with Mike New, who's now at Cal as the coach there. He recruited pretty well there. They had some talent come in, and Ryan Garko's done a good job with that talent and, you know, putting them in the right places. And they've been a team that's kind of surprised. And, you know, obviously Ryan Shreve last week throwing the no-hitter, a lot of excitement around that, the fourth in the in the history of Pacific baseball. So I think they're a team that's, that's on the uh, uh, upswing for the WCC. And the WCC is always going to be tight. It's always going to be close. 
with four teams getting into the conference tournament, there's probably going to be six to eight teams that are battling for those spots going into the last weekend. That's how it is almost every year. And, you know, if you lose one, you know, you, you struggle one weekend to end the season and suddenly you're out of the mix when mm-hmm. mm-hmm. same areas like you talked about last weekend. San Francisco was a team that, that benefited from that, but also, you know, they were, you know, a couple weeks before that, they were in first place and they and they struggled down the stretch and they kind of faded a little bit. Uh, I'm looking to see how well this team, you know, what they learned from last year. I, that's something I want to see from this group and see how well they finish off the, the second half of the, of the stretch run this year once they get into May and see how they can compete then uh, compared to last year when, you know, they got off to a really good start in WCC play and then faded a little bit down the stretch. I really did fade down the stretch and it kind of showed uh, in the in the postseason because they, that was a quick uh, two and done and then, you know, you look at the schedule, they got this week in Pacific and then they go to Gonzaga next week and they got the uh, two of their final, actually, you got the three of their final four West Coast Conference seri- weekend series all on the road. And then they play, coming up, they'll play BYU, well, they'll play Pepperdine, Gonzaga next weekend. Then in two weeks from Friday, they'll play Pepperdine on the hilltop. And then they finish off against a BYU team that has really, that place down at Provo has been a house of horrors for them in recent years. They coming in in that series uh, have lost eight of their last nine versus BYU, and they're just um, in their last uh, and since uh, since BYU came in there to the West Coast Conference in 2013, they end up uh, only have won just once in their previous 12 or in their previous nine games. Yeah, BYU is an interesting team because obviously they get some older players after the players go on their mission and stuff. So yeah, yeah, they can be a very physical lineup. And this year they've gotten some some good pitching from Easton Walker. He's a guy that until I think two weeks ago had not given up an earned run this season. You know, he was a guy that I went down to San Diego to see BYU a couple weeks ago, uh, and he actually gave up his first earned runs uh, that week that weekend. And San Diego takes that series when BYU came in red hot, and that's just kind of the WCC. When you go on the road, it, it's tough to play anywhere in the WCC. CC, uh, you know, just because the talent that, that plays up even more at home, and and there is a lot of talent in WCC that people that people on a national stage don't necessarily take, give credit for. But you have guys like AJ Puckett or Riley Ornito, guys like that. They're you know just dominant pitchers. Rodney Dangerfield of college baseball, the West Coast Conference. I'm telling you about it. Hey, the West Coast Conference never get no love. <laughs> Go figure. Exactly. I mean, you look at guys like James Freed, not even talked about in the national scope, but he's a guy hitting over 330. I think he had double-digit home runs last year. He's got five so far this year. You know, that's a guy that, that should be get, probably getting a little bit more attention than he does, but you know, how many people are making it out to Stockton to see a game? That's, that's kind of the question. And the WCC is like that. You, you have some tough guys in the middle of the lineups. You've got some tough uh, arms on the front end of rotations at the back end of bullpens. So when you go on the road, it can be very tough, and, and San Francisco has struggled with BYU recently. That's been a big thing in recent years. They have, I mean, they've only won, I mean, they've lost, I mean, only have won a series just only um, once. And, you know, they, they took two out of three last year. BYU wasn't, was out of the race. And then they swept them uh, two years ago. They ended up sweeping them over there out at Provo that they were a math, which pretty much buried the Dons for good. They were eliminated from the West Coast Conference race before the calendar even turned May 1st. And that was kind of for kind of bitter, depressing. And then two years before that, it was after they swept the big three-game series at Fowler Park in San Diego. Only a week later, 
end up getting swept down out at Provo by the Cougars, which really started their tailspin, losing eight of their final nine in West Coast Conference play, including one in five in their final six games in the conference play at home, which capped off of of Loyola Marymount sweeping the Dons on the hilltop to knocking them out to get to earn that final spot in the West Coast Conference tournament four years ago. Yeah, I think that, that, that San Francisco is a team that has to find some consistency down the stretch. Uh, and that's kind of been the thing. A guy like Riley Ornito last year who hadn't pitched very much previously, it looked like he got tired as, as the season progressed. Mm-hmm. That's partly because he's a slight frame guy and, you know, he put a lot of innings on that he hadn't necessarily had before. So, you know, looking at him and, and talking with some people, I've heard that he's put on some more weight this year to carry that workload a little bit more. We'll see how that carries down the stretch. you got a guy like that on Fridays that can be dominant, gives you that much better of a chance to win a series. And if you can you, – you kind of feel confident in one guy like that guy's going to get us a win every weekend that guy's going to give us you know an outstanding performance then you go into the weekend confident that you'll start out strong and you can finish you know at least earning a split of the last two games and you know that's what it's all about it's about winning series you gotta you try to sweep at home you try to win on the road win a series on the road that's it i get to that point right there but last weekend they swept a big series against saint mary's i mean i was there the, the the final game of that series was like it was like and will a coach get tossed out for that 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 fandom play at the home plate? The fans just they were in it. They were just chirping and quacking, and uh, I mean it was. And they went it on that walk off double. The team was very loose in that dugout, and um, and they just said, "Hey, we're gonna. I mean, we're gonna um, we're gonna show, and we're gonna get that run back with that umpire stole from them." Yeah, I didn't see that play, but you know, definitely going to St. Mary's, obviously a, a NorCal battle there, but St. Mary's is a team that's has produced a lot of talent in the last few years under Eric Valenzuela. And you know, they're a team that I expected actually to be a little bit higher up in the race right now. They've struggled to an extent. You know, they're at six and six right now. They're a team though that can get hot quickly. You know, a guy like Ken Waldachuk on, on uh, who's gonna be pitching tomorrow, I'll go see him tomorrow. You know, go over go over to the Guisto Field over Moraga, that's the crossover the bridge uh, about uh, forty minutes from San Francisco or 35 minutes. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to go over there and see him tomorrow pitching. Uh, and then we'll see if Kevin Milam can get get going for them on the mound. He's a guy that's been in the middle of their lineup for three years. If they can get him on the mound back where he was last year and the year before, then that's a team that can be dangerous in WCC play. But they're a team that's a little bit underperformed so far, whereas the, the Dons are a team that are, are excelling right now. And at 10-5, and five, they've, they've put themselves in a great – uh, spot to make a run in the second half of the season and get into the WC's tournament, maybe do some damage. And uh, uh, one thing I did, uh, I, I ran into Coach Eric Valenzuela, a great guy. Um, Nino recruited him when he was at Arizona State. He ended up transferring over to the Pepperdine. He was assistant under Rich Hill at San Diego. I told uh, Valenzuela, um, I said, you know, guys, keep your head up. You got There's still a lot of games left, though, so it's not, you know, the end of the world, but but if you're a St. Mary's fan, to lose that, to get swept, though, that was, that, that was you know, a heartbreaking weekend. Yeah, definitely. And you never want to get swept in conference. That's the – I mean, like, no. like I said, when you go, go on the road, you try to win the series, but at least take one. And when you're at home, you gotta you try to sweep the series and at least win the series. You know that's kind of the, the mindset that the coaches have when they go because when you go on the road, it's tougher to win, obviously. And you you all you try to at least win the series. If you can steal series on the road and take care of business at home, that's the big key to, to having a successful season. Taking series at winning series at home 
and and per, sweeping series at home and purse snatching series on the road. That is a great great recipe, shotgun. Yeah, I, I think that's what you have to have. Uh, you know, if you want to be successful, that'll get you over 500 every single season, and that gets you in the mix to be in the postseason run. In the WCC, that gets you in the top four, uh, and, and some other conferences that gets you in the at-large conversation. Yeah, and speaking of the of the, uh, the at-large, I mean, you um, you got a bunch of teams in the West Coast Conference got some good outstanding RPIs. They, they even if they even if they don't get in the WCC, they still could have an outside. A possible long shot to even get into the NCAA regional, depending on some dominoes would have to fall within the next uh, 72 hours. Yeah, it just depends on the RPI and how it shakes out. The West Coast normally is kind of hampered by the RPI. The West Coast is usually not favored when the RPI numbers come out. However, this year the RPI is really strong in the West Coast. You've got some really, really good teams like UCLA and Oregon State, Stanford, that are really pushing the RPI up. And Cal's right there in the mix, though, too, for that large bid. I mean, you look at about five or six teams out of the uh, Pac-12 conference could be going. Now, this year, the Big West Conference is kind of downer this year. And right now, I was doing some doing some um, doing, checking up on these standings. I mean, because, you know, I'm me for us from the Bay Area, but you got some schools outside within the 100-mile radius of the Bay Area or in the Valley like uh, UC Davis or uh, or or one of those other schools like Fresno State. Of course, you got a lot of Bay Area kids going to these institutions. Um, looking at it right now, um, Cal Poly's right there, and then, you know, Fullerton is having a down year, and if the season ended today, Fullerton would be would not be going to postseason play because it looks like only one team out of the Big West Conference is going to make it this year. Yeah, I mean, the Big West does not have a conference tournament, so it is all about winning the conference for teams and then having the RPI. So it's not like you can get in like WCC and maybe no, steal no. a bid. You're not stealing a bid on the last weekend. Outright. Yeah, and UC Santa Barbara is off to a great start. They're five and one in conference right now with series wins over uh, over Cal State Fullerton and a series sweep over UC Irvine, who look like the two teams that are probably going to be in the mix at the top of that as well. UC Irvine's got a pretty good RPI. They're a potential at-large team as well. Fullerton's got some work to do, and that's saying, work. And that's saying something because Cal State Fullerton has been such a dominant program, and they have not missed the NCAA tournament since they moved to Division One. So this would be a first. It would break a streak that's over 30, 40 years old, I believe. So it, it's been, it's such an incredible multiple pre- multiple presidents. I mean, from Carter to like the Vince Scully terminology, from as from Carter to Reagan to Bush Senior to Clinton to Bush W Bush to Obama and to Trump. Go figure. Yeah, definitely. They're a program that has produced year in, year out, and they are not playing that well right now. They just are not doing a lot of things that they normally do really well, including pitch the baseball. They've got some really young arms, and that's the key. If they can get some of those young guys to to turn it on in the second half of the season, I always say basically that the freshmen or first-year guys in Division I, they get to the 25 to 30 game uh, mark, which is about you know what a high school schedule is or a little bit longer. They get to that mark at halfway point of the season, and then they either go up from there or they go down from there. They either are overburdened by the workload and they kind of wear out and they fatigue a little bit, or they figured it out and suddenly they put it together and they take off. How about the, the other conferences in the West? How about the Western Athletic Conference? How do you, how you look at that playing out? 
I mean, the WAC has some good teams. New Mexico State is a team that is going to be in the mix in, in that conference. But that that's, that conference will also come down to the conference tournament, just like the WCC. Their RPIs yep. usually are not high enough to get in. Now, some teams play really good schedules. I mean, New Mexico yeah, of State course. plays. Chop uh, liver. I mean, they earned their, their share of wins. Yeah, New Mexico State plays Texas Tech a couple times a year in midweek. You know, Grand Canyon plays a lot of really good teams. Um, but they just no one really has the RPIs typically to get in. Uh, but that's going to be a really competitive, um, competitive conference tournament because – a team like Sacramento State has so much pitching. You got a team like New Mexico State with so much pitching. I mean, with so much hitting, and there's just different combinations there. And each stadium in that conference plays a lot differently, similar to Mountain West, where every stadium has its own home field advantages. So I think that's a conference that'll come down that last weekend, and it'll just depend on who pitches the best and and, and who can find some timely runs. And then also the also the other conferences. I'm looking also looking also. Um, the pack, like the Pac-12, and how about the um, the Mountain West Conference though? The Mountain West, I mean, you look at them, and San Jose State has come out of nowhere to lead that conference. They started off 12 and four. I mean, they've been on an incredible run. I'll actually see them tomorrow as well. You know, double. Oh, they're playing. The- uh, they're playing Fresno State, uh, so I'll see them. Series. See them as well, and you know, the Mountain West is a, again comes down the conference tournament, but there's there's sometimes the Mountain West can get a couple teams in based on RPI. So I haven't looked at the RPIs in the last couple weeks to to know exactly where everybody's at. But there's an opportunity for uh, a team like Fresno State to, to jump in there and steal a bid. That's a, easily could be done. The Mountain West Tournament is always super competitive, and you've got to beat San Diego State. They're a team that just seems to always excel in the conference tournament, and that's why they've been the team to go to the go to the NCAA Tournament um, several years in a row now. I think four or five years, or five of six years, or four of five years, I think it is. Uh, they just been, have been really consistent under Mark Martinez after he took over for Tony Glenn. And then yeah, and then, so that that's going to be um, something in the Mountain what the Mountain West Conference, of course. Um, whoever comes out of there as the, the the tournament champion is going to be getting that at automatic bid into the NCAA regionals. So where are all the fans who want want to find find you guys at though? You can find it. I mean, on D1Baseball.com, I mean, we have what we can. I would consider the the top uh, college baseball site. We're focused, hyper focused on college baseball. We also do recruiting. We also do you know scouting stuff. But you can find us on there, and you know we try to provide the best coverage we can. We have writers all over the country, including me. On I cover the entire West Coast with, along with Eric uh, Sorensen, Stitchhead. He's out here as well. We have guys in Texas. We have guys in North Carolina. We have guys in the Midwest. We're all over the place trying to make sure to provide you guys with the best uh, best coverage possible. All right, uh, Shotgun, thank you for being on. Thank you so much for having me. That's whoop, uh, He's Shotgun Formation. I'm the professor, Professor B, listening to the USF. Don's weekly magazine podcast on anchor.fm slash ASN Bay Area. Fans, be sure to stop by the USF Bookstore to get all your favorite Don's gear. Wear your green and gold with pride and visit the USF Bookstore this week. The USF Don's Bookstore on campus is open daily, Monday through Thursday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m., Fridays 8.30 a.m. to 4 p.m., Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., Closed on Sundays. As we continue on our USF Don's weekly podcast, we now gonna have an interview for our one of our writer one of the writers for D1Baseball.com. I had a great sit down, great chat with him last Thursday night when the Dons were in Stockton to take on the Pacific Tigers in a, an important West Coast Conference game. 
And his name is Shotgun Spratling from D1Baseball.com. Here's the conversation I had with him, his thoughts about the, the race in the West Coast Conference and all about West Coast baseball on the West Coast. Well, that's going to, as we're looking now here on the weekly podcast, is getting ready to wrap things up. Just a, a quick look at the West Coast Conference standings. Right now, it's BYU sitting at 10 and 5 and 26 and 10 overall. They're in first place by percentage points. Then it's a three, a long way, three-way tie in the West Coast Conference. Loyola Marymount sits at 12 and 6. The Dons at 12 and 6. Gonzaga's at 12 and 6. Those two teams will hook up head-to-head for this important, crucial weekend series. And then it's St. Mary's, Pepperdine, and then San Diego at 9 and 9 Pacific. At 8 and 10, Portland. Then rounding out is Santa Clara. And here is the schedule. What's going to be going down for this weekend around the West Coast Conference. For the latest news on West Coast Conference baseball and more action, go to WCCSports.com. Here's what's going on. BYU will travel. And on Thursday, they'll play a weekend set. BYU against Pacific. That will be up at Klein Family Field. And then... University of San Diego, they will travel to take on the St. Mary's Gales at Luis Guisto Field. The St. Mary's Gales coming back, bouncing back after getting swept by the Dons, winning two or three against the Loyola Marymount Lions up at Guisto Field last weekend. Then it's San Clara against Portland in the Toilet Bowl. And uh, Portland has not played that bad, though their record in conference doesn't reflect They'll be up at uh, Joe Etzel Field in Portland. And then the big rivalry, Loyola Marymount against Pepperdine over at Eddie D. Field in Malibu. That is like a a drive from both campuses up. And that's a big three-game series. Pepperdine sits at 8-7, 17-16 overall. And right now, the, the Dons, that would be their next opponent coming up one week from Friday, which will be the Dons' final weekend series at home so a lot's going on in the next several days and the great race and uh, check out all the latest news on wccsports.com just a reminder coming up a lot of upcoming stuff coming up on the campus at university of san francisco and here on the campus uh, the annual golf tournament will be at olympic park park in san francisco or and that will be may 6th go to usfdons.com to register Spaces are limited, and coming up on Sunday will be Sunday, May 5th. The it will be the eighth annual Hilltop Awards uh, special. That will be Sunday night, May the 5th, at the Sobrato Center. That will be from 6 to 8 p.m. and it's a great event. It's a um, for all the award winners for for the 2018-19 uh, sports season and. Uh, that's a great event in the game. And in case you can't make it in person, the, the video cast will be streaming live on usfdons.com. And for the new USF Dons, and they're getting ready to play the important three-game series against the Gonzaga Bulldogs up at the Sports Complex in Spokane and against the defending West Coast Conference tournament champions from last year. Game one will be Friday night at 7 p.m. That game will be seen on ESPNU. That's a national game for the Dons. Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday afternoon at 1 p.m. Both of those games will be seen on the W.TV.
and also for future Don's home games and so much more, check out usfdons.com slash tickets. Call the USF Don's box office at area code 415-422-2USF. That's 415-422-2USF. The box office is open daily Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Don's after when they play the Gonzaga Bulldogs, they'll return for a, they'll play the Sacramento State Hornets for a midweek non-conference affair. That will be coming up next Tuesday, April the 30th at 3 p.m. The game will be seen on the W.TV. Then they'll take on the Pepperdine Waves in an important three-game series on the Hilltop. That will also be coming up on May the will end up being on Friday, May 3rd, Saturday, May 6th, and Sunday, May 5th, the 3, 4, 5, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And again, get your tickets at usfdons.com slash tickets or call the Dons box office at area code 415-422-2USF. We'd like to thank everybody for listening to this podcast, weekly podcast. We'd like to thank our residential man, Zach Zangler, for being on, and we'd like to thank also, Shotgun Sprawling from D1Baseball.com. If you got a chance, check out D1Baseball. Give you all the latest news, not just around the West Coast baseball, but around the college baseball all around the country as we're getting towards that home stretch towards the teams making their bid towards postseason. And and reminder that the top four teams in the West Coast Conference will earn that spot to the West Coast Conference Tournament. That will be from Thursday, May 23rd through Saturday, May 25th up at Barrow Island Park, and the top four teams make it in there. The, the survivor of that tournament will win, of the champion, will receive the IMAG bid to the NCAA regionals coming in early June. So we hope this you can, we, you can see you then. We'll see you then. Uh, hope we see you at the ballpark in the coming weeks, and, and it should be some great USF Dons baseball down the stretch drive. I'd like to thank everybody here. I'd like to thank the entire USF coaching staff and the um, athletic department, including um, Mark Rivera, baseball information director, and so much more. For the latest news on USF Dons athletics, go to usfdons.com. That's it for now. I'm Brian Professor B. Davis. Thank you for listening to USF Dons weekly magazine podcast show. We'll do it again next week, another episode of USF Dons weekly magazine show on anchor.fm slash ASM Bay Area. Don's Weekly Magazine Podcast is an association with the Arena Sportsnet Bay Area, where every team has a fan and every fan has a voice, the network home of champions. Take care, everybody.